Hello and welcome to the Cadaver Lab Podcast, episode number one. I'm Mike. I'm Paul. And I'm Sam. We are uh, three, well, two of us are hardcore horror fans and one of us we are, uh, we thought we'd invite to the podcast <laughs> so we can uh, get an outsider's opinion and of course turn Paul into a horror fan. All right. The theme that we've chosen for today is, uh, you know, putting this all together. We don't really know what, what we were doing, and, uh, you know, so we are kind of lost in that aspect. So we picked a couple of movies that uh, that uh, follow along with that theme. The Lost, 2005, and The Lost Boys. And uh, we'll go ahead and talk to the, talk about those in a minute. But uh, anything you guys want to say before we uh, we get started in the movies? or I'm just excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm just waiting to hear what you guys have to say. All right. That's a, couple, that's a couple of good picks for this week, I think. Well, you know, one is, uh, you know, The Lost Boys is one that I've liked since uh, you know, I was 12 years old or 11 or something when it came out. And uh, The Lost, read the book, loved the book. Uh, the movie had a lot of nudity in it. Not really <laughs> top class nudity, but nudity nonetheless. I'm just teasing. Which we need to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. All right. So. The Lost Boys. Or which one are we doing first? Yeah, let's do The Lost Boys. All right, The Lost Boys. That's That seems to be a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, this this is definitely a, uh, uh, you know, a, out of the two we chose, this is the bigger budget of the two. Um, it was More all, mainstream. Yeah, done in the classic. 80s. Yeah, it's a classic. That's a good, it's a good description of it. I mean, who hasn't seen The Lost Boys? But uh, hopefully we can give you some insights that you haven't thought of before even i had seen the lost boys in the past well <laughs> just once i'm not a big movie watching guy well, more than once did it scare you no you know what <laughs> all right so um let's start out with a couple of technical uh items some uh, details about the movie it came out in 1987 i was what i was 11 so you know of course uh you, one of the big things of the movie is when I, you know when I watched it, uh, I wanted to be just like the cool guys in there with like all the mullets and. The, I thought you were going to say you had, you wanted to uh, be Corey Haim's girlfriend. Corey, Corey, you mean uh, just in the side before we get into it? Did you notice all the all the um, posters in Corey Haim's bedroom in the movie? Oh, they yeah. were all of dudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> well, and maybe in the eighties that's fine, and you know what? Today it may be too. You know, I just don't have any. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so it was directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Richard Donner, filmed in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, you know, I ha- wasn't able to find uh, exactly what the production budget was for this, but um, it claims to be kind of a low-budget film, but let us I've seen films that have had a lot lower budget. Oh, yeah. So, well, well anyway... Uh, the opening weekend, it made $5.2 million in the U.S. And um, uh, overall, and I, and I picked up all this data uh, last week, uh, and I'm sure, you know, maybe two or three more copies have sold, so maybe add 28 bucks to this. But uh, it's made, it made about $32 million, uh total in, in the movie theaters, and it made uh, about $14.1 million in rentals. Anyway... Why don't you give us a synopsis? Well, I liked the movie. Okay. Okay, so a synopsis would be there were a whole bunch of people that I recognized uh-huh. 
that I looked at the screen. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're in that movie. Right. Because you just don't realize what's going on. But, you know, the, the whole premise of the movie here is that you've got these two kids moving to this fictitious town that happens to get two letters mixed up. So it's, <laughs> it's actually not Santa Clara, but it's Santa Carla, which I thought was a nice little twist. Well, the director was dyslexic. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, worried about being sued that there were vampires running out of Santa Clara. Right. Either one. Right. But anyways, these two boys move in and, and they quickly find out that there are a group of vampires that are flying around the city, and everybody seems to know about it, but somehow it hasn't made it to the local or to the uh, national news scene. So it's just a well-kept secret. So they move in with their grandfather because of a divorce, and then uh, the older brother, Michael, gets sucked in to this, uh, this group of vampires. And the younger brother, Sam, has to figure out how to save his older brother, who's now been infected. Um, so he employs the, the uh, help of two friends, the Frog Brothers, who are then going to come in and use their knowledge to, to help save them. They also run a, a comic book store. So the rest of the movie is trying to figure out who head vampires are um, and then going to take them out with the traditional vampire killing apparatus or apparati. <laughs> apparatus? Yeah, I don't, apparatuses, however you say that word. Uh, and so it's just entertaining from there. You know, the, the only thing that, well, there's a lot of things that uh, we're going to talk about about it. But one thing I did notice was that you don't get to see a vampire until like two-thirds of the way through. Well, you get to see vampires, but you don't know they're vampires. Right. So you just see people that are pretending You don't get to, to see them vampires. vamp out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But then it's a lot of vampire for <laughs> right. the last half hour, which is great. So, Paul, uh, give me your thoughts. Having only seen it once, what, what, just give me your overview. What would you like about it? Well, and, and what did you dislike about it? First of all, it, the opening music is classic 80s music. Oh, dominated. And you, you just got to love that. You're, you're talking about People, People Are Strange by, the, by Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, a remake from The Doors. And uh, I thought that was awesome, the, yeah. the, the opening sequence there. Um, especially when it started showing all the different types of people in the uh, place. My favorite was that chick that was making out with a rat. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? I'm pretty sure they're not paying those people because those are probably real people <laughs> in California. <laughs> well, making out with a rat. I mean, you don't see that very often. Well, let's just put it this way. If I were to do it, they'd have to pay me. <laughs> I, I did not notice that. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no. So um, it also has a very common horror theme. People... Strangers to a community don't know what's going on. They start learning about the community and what's weird about it, and that, that's pretty much. I mean, in all a lot of horror films, that's classic. Well, do you like that because you can identify it with it? Uh, I don't know. I think I it's think easy. I think Paul was a lot like Sam coming in. Sam, uh, the kid in the movie, not Sam, the guy in the podcast, where he came in and he just had a you know a new wave hairdo and some what you know I'm just here. yeah yeah I got out the hairspray and then the blow dryer to do that hairdo <laughs> blow dryer. Let's uh, let's uh, first talk about a couple of the um, of the characters. Uh, you know, obviously the first and foremost I think main character is Michael, who is the older brother. Now I'll tell you what this is. This is the type of guy who, when I saw this for the first time, I wanted to be, you know, because he he was kind of bad, you know, had a had a curly mullet. <laughs> I say that now, you know, and I don't. I mean, anyway, he was but, cool uh, then. He was he, cool. well. He was cool. He was totally, you know, and he, you know, he was handsome and hot chicks go for him. Oh yeah, hot hot chicks. Uh, yeah, even With though they're half vampire, they had they had similar hairdos. Huh? <laughs> they did. 
But uh, he, he's, the, he's kind of the main character throughout uh, the movie. That's, he, we kind of follow his story arc. You know, he's kind of the main one. I mean, there, there are obviously... And it, one of the best things about this movie to me was... Uh, uh, there were, there were, every character in this movie was good. Except for, except for the, um, uh, me, not, not, uh, like, like a good guy, but meaning they were, they were developed, you know, you, you got to like them, you know, uh, except for the, um, uh, David's gang of vampires. They were all kind of, uh, uh, you know, generic kind of minions. Yeah, can I back followers. that up yeah. with, with a, one of my favorite parts in the movie? Sure. As Michael is down getting ready to drink the blood, yeah. and David, um, who is played by Kiefer Sutherland, is, is trying to convince him to do that, you've got to listen to the crap that they talk <laughs> yeah. in the background. Like, yeah, worms. <laughs> yeah, maggots. Mike, who wants to know? Mike, yeah. who wants to know? Oh, yeah. if you've never heard kindergarten or first it, yeah. grade humor, these these guys, they were hardcore when it came to making fun of people. You know what? And the funny thing is, is one of those generic stupid vampires was none other than Bill. Yes. Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's. You know, there's a big oh. similarity. There's a similarity between Bill and Ted, I thought I'd mention, and this movie. Um I know we're jumping around a little bit, but uh, you remember the part when you know they're they're trying to induct Michael into their gang, and uh, they're all hanging underneath the uh, the uh, uh, yeah the under the bridge, the bridge the under the train, train bridge, and uh, finally Michael you know gets the guts up and lets go, you know, because they all did, they all drop before and he could hear them doing something below, and they were okay, so he did it. Anyhow, as Michael's falling. Uh, it seems like it's a you know he's falling for a long time. He uh, actually it's so long that he kind of stops screaming, <laughs> looks around, and, and starts screaming again. <laughs> I was I was half waiting for him to say, "Dude, this is a totally deep hole." <laughs> Just like on the Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> oh. well, I thought that was pretty funny, but um, uh, let's see. Well, that's what Bill said, but they didn't catch that on camera. Yeah, right, and that could have been too. Except for I think actually Ted said it in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I watched that recently. Hasn't that guy gone on to like be a successful director, Alex Winter? He's actually been in a couple of movies. I can't remember ex- the names. He has. Oh, I wish I. I wish it I seems like it. I heard that he was like a successful director or producer, and I probably should have done a little more homework on that. But I did notice that that was Bill from Bill and Ted's. Um, I also noticed that the cop at the beginning who said that they were on the boardwalk was Stan Van Gundy. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. That was pretty, that was pretty solid. He must have got his start I think, there. I don't think Paul knows who Stan Van Gundy is. but listen. I don't. I don't. He's know. the coach of the Miami Heat. He's, uh, he's like the only guy in the NBA that still has a 70s porn stash, and he coaches for the Miami Heat. So I, I was pretty shocked to see him in there. Yeah. Um, he actually, getting back to Alex Winter, I pulled it up here on IMDb. He directed a movie called Freaked, which was uh, with. At any rate, it had Brooke Shields in it, and the guy, and the guy from Independence Day that was always drunk and ended up flying up the butthole of that giant. Uh, That's oh, yeah, all that, that he a, directed. No, uh, I don't Christmas, know if I'd call uh, that a, surrec- a successful <laughs> yeah. director, but. Well, you know, have you seen it? I, we, I haven't you know, directed a movie. Just because either. it's not popular doesn't mean it wasn't good. But uh, I'm looking at his. Um, it is profile, and it looks like he's been in quite quite a few episodes of TV and movies. 
but really nothing I've ever I've seen. But which is which is kind of weird that Ted ended up making it big, but Bill didn't. Yeah. But Bill had had higher billing than yeah. Guess, no pun intended than Ted. Yeah. yeah. In that movie. Right. Anyhow, let's go on to the next character, uh, David. What David. are your thoughts on David? I love David. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland is like, he's my favorite guy. I mean, this is I, every time I look at him now, he's, he's Jack Bauer, and I still have to wonder. <laughs> Even in this one, he's Jack Bauer with the. He's Jack Bauer. I, I think out of all the vampires in the flick, he had the weakest mullet and the weirdest. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, totally fit him though. Yeah, but oh, just yeah. like in uh, Twenty Four, you know, you keep waiting for him to go take a whiz, and uh, you just you never see that happen. <laughs> so, I, it's it's he's he's a pretty interesting character though because he he. Uh, you think he's the lead vampire the whole time, and and he's pretty uh, right. Are we are are we assuming that everybody's seen this? Who's listening to our podcast? I think podcast? so. This okay. is one of those things. We're going to spoil it. So yeah, spoiler alert. In fact, yeah. we ought to flash that all over the podcast. So yeah, cause, well, uh, if you haven't seen it, then you should go. <laughs> well, see then it. where have you been? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, maybe maybe on the second movie, The Lost, we may not spoil that for you, but yeah, the, let's definitely. But, not but do this that. one, this one is definitely a classic, so I think we're safe. Yeah, but uh, so is the only thing you like about David the fact that he never takes a leak? Yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> he's uh, nah, he's pretty good in this. Uh, one of the other things I like about him was that he's just so he's just so convincing as to what he what he does. Oh, now. I agree. He just he just. Everything he does, he expects to win, and and uh, it's just kind of an interesting, interesting character. You know, the other thing about it is, uh, he really doesn't do anything that you see that's really that scary until towards the end. But then they're all doing stuff where they're chasing people around and that. Right. But you don't, you just know he's a leader. You know, he's the one that out, that's out causing trouble. But I mean, in those scenes, like at the very beginning, where they go take the cop or they take that couple out of the car, right. They're not showing who did it. Right. But, you're, but I guarantee that while you're watching that movie, you're assuming he did it. Right. Like you're envisioning him coming down and grabbing Well, let's put it this way. In the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the show, he's the only guy I wanted to kick in the balls. <laughs> so I figured that, uh, you know, he was the biggest jerk and was killing all those people. Right. You know, and but let's put it this way. Just I mean, because uh, of his personality, well, right? Well, he's, sure. He's well, that type of person. And, I, and I'm not going to say that I, I uh, you know, only kick those in the balls who deserve it. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind kicking anyone in the balls, but I'm saying especially David. We'll get, we'll get in the next movie. We'll talk about another dude that I'm sure we all want to kick in the balls, but, but uh, let's go on in this, uh, talking about this movie. So, I was, I was surprised by the, uh, motorcycle gang vampires. I mean, uh, what, why are they a motorcycle gang? I guess dude, that's cool. They're bad. <laughs> There, but you know what's funny too is I don't know exactly when um, when this when this happened, but uh, you know not only were there motorcycle guys in this movie, which was the gang that we've talked about, but there were also surf Nazis one through five. Oh, I did see that on the credits. Well, where were I? Don't remember them. It must have been right at the very beginning when you're when you're talking about the the people, the um, strangers. <laughs> well, they, I I don't see a chick making out with a rat. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> but that that has because I saw that and I thought I don't she remember didn't have surfers a speaking at all. Line, so. No, she, um, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll, you, ta- I'll tell you what: if anybody deserves to get on the credit, it's the chick who's making out with a rat. <laughs> yeah, speaking line. <laughs> <laughs> speaking the language of the rodent. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm teasing. We'll edit that out. That was dumb. So we've talked about Michael. We've talked about one character that we haven't mentioned yet that is definitely one of my favorites is uh, Grandpa. Of course, uh, what kind of a dude do you have to be to play dead? You know, the very the very first time you see your daughter, and I don't know how long, but that was funny. 
Anyway, for those of you who, uh, who, well, hopefully you'll get to know us a little bit better. Grandpa is Sam in 40 years. <laughs> just, I just know how much you like your root beer and your, and oh, your, yeah. Ore- oh, your yeah. Oreos. Oh, yeah. Just Let's talk about one last bit of character specifically before we get a little bit into more of our views about the movie and whatnot. We have to talk about the Frog Brothers. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you what. After, I've, I've seen a couple of episodes of The Two Corys lately, which is a reality show about Corey Haim and Corey Feldman and their relationship with uh, each other. And, you know, I guess they did a bunch. Obviously, we all know they did a bunch of movies. I can only think of. Were they in Adventures in Babysitting, too? Um, I don't know. They were in Dream a Little Dream, The Lost Boys. And there were more, but I don't. I've never seen Dream a Little Dream, and I've. I think this is actually the Lost Boys is the only movie I've ever seen them in. So I, I guess I didn't really get the hype until I started watching this show where um, they actually end up going to marriage counseling to save their to save their friendship. Are you serious? And I at, must have missed that. Well, after watching that, it's definitely makes me look at their dynamic on the screen a little bit differently because that show is unbelievable and they're just so stupid <laughs> you know but i mean obviously who cares they're millionaire and- they were the teen dream guys back in the day in the every teen magazine 17 maybe, they were all over it maybe dudes who had pictures of other dudes up in their room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe maybe they were they definitely had pictures of them <laughs> exactly I just like they have pictures of other dudes all right all right <laughs> All right, but the Frog Brothers were were some of the best uh, characters in the show where they ran this comic book store for their parents. And I think, I don't know if you remember, but their parents, uh, I think, were the two stoned-out hippies. Yeah. Oh, is that? Okay, so that was them. Yeah. I thought that was just kind of a, oh, you know, here's here's another example of Santa Carla culture people that live there. Okay, I... I've never been sure that that was I assumed a, it was. So. Well, and I looked in the credits here, and it said that their parents were in it, but those are the only two I can think of, and I've n- I'd never looked at the credits before or right. on IMDb, so I, yeah. that's the only people who I can assume they are. They, right. they made mention of it briefly in the Did movie. They, they I don't, pointed yeah, I don't at them. I, were they vampires? Because they're wearing dark sunglasses, just laying all day long in the shade. No, because those guys were pretty hardcore. And if you're a vampire, we are going to kill you. Yeah, and they would that's kill their true. Parents. Well, maybe maybe the effects of uh, weed and vampirism means total cana- catatonia. Was the other frog? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Was the other frog brother of? Uh, he, he seemed to be Spanish, so I'm not certain how they could be their parents, but. Listen, okay. Listen, in this day and age, it, does, it doesn't matter if you're black or white, man. This wasn't made in this day and age. Though. Oh, that's right. It was right. Made in in that day age. Lives, they live in Santa, Santa Carla. Carla. Yeah, right. Well, it's let's put it this way. Gotta be in if California. you look at them now, I mean, not to, not to keep coming back to the two Corys TV show, but uh, if you look at the if that guy now, he's totally white. <laughs> you know, he I, he was in an episode where he went and played poker at Corey Feldman's house. So yeah, he's totally a white guy. I, I think the, uh, the, the frog brother, the other yeah, frog the brother? other frog brother. Oh, so he he was on the reality show too. Yeah, wow. Well, here's the deal: they're they're making right now. They're making Lost Boys two, the tribe that comes out later this month. Which is we should we could probably do that one too. Yeah, we'll need to. So the Corys are in that. So the Corys are in that, and you know the funny thing is, is on the Corys reality show they talk about this. They they talk about doing the show, and 
Corey, Corey Feldman's all worried that Corey Haim's going to flake on him. It, it, I don't even want to get into that stupid <laughs> show. It, it's unbelievable. Sounds but, like you're an addict. Well, I've, I've seen three or four episodes. Sure, they were, three well, or no, four. No, listen, they were, all, and they were all in one night. I mean, they were, it was like in a row. What station is this on? A&E, I think. Sure. It's on Oxygen. Uh-huh. Uh, don't, <laughs> let him, don't let him fool you. Listen, if it were on anything, it would be the opposite of oxygen. Because, oh, okay. Because it's about two teen dreams. Anyway. No, the Frog Brothers were great. They were the comedy relief. You know, they, they thought they were the biggest bad mothers in the whole, you know, in the universe at that point. But, uh, you know, they had some of the greatest one-liners in there. Oh, yeah. Easily. One of the most surprising things about the Frog Brothers was right off the bat, Corey Feldman's voice. <laughs> was he trying to talk really deep or, or I mean, what? You know what? That's funny you say that because I actually have a clip that I need to play here because I thought the exact same thing. So let me just play this clip and then let's see if, who you think it sounds like. So then the dogs started chasing my mom like the hounds of hell and vampires everywhere. We've been aware of some very serious vampire activity in this town for a long time. Santa Carla's become a haven for the undead. As a matter of fact, we're almost certain that ghouls and werewolves occupy high positions at City Hall. Kill you, brother. You'll feel better. Yeah. All right, so I'm pretty sure that's Jim Rome. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm pretty sure Corey Feldman is trying to be Jim Rome. (laughs) Jim Rome. I mean, the one thing, you know, you hear him, and I don't know why he's trying to talk like that the whole time, but he talks like that throughout the whole movie. He is bad. You know, and bad, that's how bad guys talk. Like, like, not like bad guys, but dudes that are bad, that's how they talk. Yeah, but I didn't believe it. Come on. <laughs> no, no. listen, here's, here's, here's the deal about that. Obviously, he's a young kid in this. I think he's older than I am. So he's, at that point, he was probably, you know, 13 or 14. Actually, I think he was, I think you guys are going to make fun of me for knowing this, but uh, I think they, the two cores were both born in 71. Three or four episodes, huh? <laughs> exactly. No, I, I I looked at it because I on IMDb because I'm wondering where because oh, you watch that show now and Corey Haim looks like he is you know 50. Really? Yeah, he looks he looks haggard. Yeah, and it's so he's uh, not a heartthrob anymore, huh? Well, no. Oh, well, I don't. Maybe I. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some <laughs> group of young women out there who love old dudes that are really young. You know, and I. You know, he'll even talk about it on the show about how we got into all these drugs and all this oh. other stupid crap. So I think, I think that, uh, I think that it's just uh, they just wore on him, you mm. know. Which you know, it's so funny watching those two, you know, in in the movie when I was a kid. I always thought, man, Corey Feldman is a, is a jackass. <laughs> you know, what is he doing? You know? Well, because he he's in a, he was in actually a lot of movies that I saw when I was a kid. He was in Goonies. Well, oh, exactly. He was in Goonies. He was in. Uh, well, it, he was in a lot more movies with him than I've seen. Right. So maybe I should have known that he was going to be, you know, be a little bit more on his But he was actually also in two Friday the 13th sequels. I think it was four and five. Oh, but, wow. But uh, in four, he was in it for a long time. He's actually the main character, one of the main characters in, in that. By the way, we'll have to do a Friday the 13th uh, series because I don't know if Paul's seen them all. I have not oh, seen them all. Gosh. I have not. Oh, I've seen dominate. pieces. Oh, I love those. But uh, anyhow, so... You know, fast forward to now, and uh, Corey Feldman has a nice house, has his crap together, you know, where Corey Haim is just a spaz, you know. <laughs> you, uh, it's funny, well, Corey I, Haim. I thought about that while I was watching the show, and I was like, you know, did did this role have any effect on who he is today? 
And does he look back at it and think, man, I was such a jackass well, in that role? Well, let's put it this way. I don't think he looks back at this and thinks he was a jackass because this was the first movie where they both did it together. This was the first Corey's movie. And I hate, to, I, I hate that that came out of my mouth because it's not a Corey's <laughs> movie. It's a sweet action vampire flick. But they happen to have the two Corey's in it. But I mean, from here on, from here, from this point on, they did a bunch of movies together, successful teen heartthrobs. So I, you know, it's hard to look back at that after all the millions you've made and possibly squandered if you're Corey Haim. And oh, I don't know, I don't know, or snorted, <laughs> or snor- Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that really wasting it? I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, know. I don't it's know. not like he invested it, but it's not like it it got wasted. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyhow, so, so back to the movie then. But are you sure you don't want to talk about the reality? Yeah, I'm series? pretty sure that <laughs> I, I don't believe three or four episodes, but we can, get back, we can get back. To the Dude, movie. three, three or four episodes, all in one night too. This was one night. I've got a so I've got a question because when I was watching this, you know they're they're trying to kill these vampires with all the traditional methods. You got the garlic, you got the holy water, and. I guess that because Max wasn't invited in the house, or he was invited in the house during that dinner scene, then that stuff didn't work. But then, well, no, no, no. but the garlic doesn't work because the one vampire came up and they had garlic in the bathtub. He's like, Haha, garlic doesn't work. Well, you, you got to realize that for every vampire flick that comes out, there is there is a set of there there is a set of rules that vary right. a bit. So, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is usually. Like or a lot of times, I don't know if it's usually they will when, when there's going to be a vampire flick. What that what they'll do is they'll set up some kind of a mechanism to explain what those are, so right. everybody's prepared. Now, now these rules were kind of laid out a little bit, you know, as, as the story went. But see, I, here's here's what here's the one I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Why did he milk make him sick? What did milk? He drank the milk out of the fridge and then spe- choked on it and spilled it. Like oh, were, Michael. Yeah, Michael. He, he couldn't drink milk. I didn't understand. I've never heard that vampire rule before. Well, I don't know if that's a vampire rule or if uh, he, he was just so sick because he was turning into a vampire that when he tried to choke anything down, it uh, came. I don't know. Well, that's, that's kind of how I took it. Do yeah. vampires, after they turn, they don't, they don't consume anything else but blood? Or, or Listen, Michael was only part vampire. He doesn't become a full vampire. Until he, he his makes first his first kill. kill. But that means he uh, didn't eat for like three days. Uh, there was a lot of anorexia in the 80s. Okay. No, I, that I explains <laughs> why we didn't see him pee. Oh, very <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. Very good. That's right. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I was just curious about that. I didn't, I've never heard that vampire rule, so I didn't know. It was ingenious the way they, they mixed the garlic holy water. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. solid, man. Because if the holy water wasn't going to get him, that garlic holy water was going to just burn. I, I think that the garlic. Dude. I think all it was was so the vampire would think that the frog brothers are idiots, and you know maybe take him off his guard. Because no, I've heard the garlic before. Well, well, right, but it doesn't exist in this universe. Right, exactly. So yeah, I don't. Well, so so I mean, it's probably in all those comic books he was reading. You know, because isn't that the right. other tradition in vampire movies? They try and like. Hey, I one up to you by making sure that your rule doesn't apply in my movie. Don't they Maybe. do that every once in a well, while? Well, for instance, um, I'll bring up I'll bring up quickly uh, a a movie where none of those rules really apply, and it is a classic called Ankle Biters. It's actually a movie about a bunch of midget vampires. It's shot in the <laughs> middle of the day, okay. like with a, with a video camera that they picked up, you know, at Best Buy. They, they walked into in, to the Best Buy, and they saw some dude that worked there, and there's was like, uh, what's the cheapest camera you got? You know, bought that camera, went out and made a movie. 
let's just put it this way: none of the, none of the rules okay. It, it okay. applied. I think I think it just it just is all um, it depends on the movie. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way: we talk about uh, you know the different types of vampires. I mean, you have you have like your Anne Rice vampires where they're all mm-hmm. you know beautiful, R- romantic and, exactly. characters. And then you have like the thirty days of night vampires, where they are just you know animals, right? Zombie, right? And uh, the Anne Rice kind of vampire, where they're you know they're kind of girly and maybe androgynous and mm-hmm. you know whatever, uh, you know. And maybe some of our listeners can help us with this. I I don't. <laughs> I I read a couple of her books, and actually I don't think I even read any of them. I think I listened to them on tape, and it seemed like uh, as far as, as that is concerned, as far as you know. You know, you know. I guess to to put it very eloquently, doing it. I I don't <laughs> think they do it in the traditional sense. I think they just uh, kind of uh, have a different connection on a, on a different level. But anyways, maybe somebody can can uh, email us and uh, that that brings up them doing it in. <laughs> well, and that's in what Lost I'm saying. Boys. In the Lost so Boys, they, so yeah, they but, but did the, it. But you think about it, they were both of them were only half vampires. That's a good so so, wow. so yeah, maybe only the half vampires who still have a little blood to uh, fill up the juice. That, that's a good point. Oh, <laughs> I not. just couldn't believe he was laying the wood to Jamie Gertz because I'll tell you what, that chick is on the stupidest show ever <laughs> called Still Standing, really? and you know I, what? She is like the prom queen of the uh, Lifetime networks. Really, she's on every single Lifetime movie that my wife has watched ever. <laughs> she is so obnoxious, and when I when she showed up. She's one that I'm like, oh my gosh! I can't believe that she was in this movie. I had forgotten that she was in this movie because she was she was hot. She yeah. was like hot in this movie. Yeah. And when he was laying the wood to her, I'm like, dang, get the curtains out of the way, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but then you just realize who she is, and you're like, that that's it just ruined it. Well, and, and <laughs> just, just to just to ruin it a little more for you on Jamie Gertz, she was in Twister, and and uh, she was. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Bill Pax. Bill Pax. <laughs> I was gonna say the dude who said "Game Over, Man" in Aliens. <laughs> That's right. But uh, he was his fiance. She was his fiance. That's right. They ended up losing to Helen Hunt. Now, That's how right. How pathetic do you have to be to listen to or to lose to a girl with the biggest head or forehead in the world? Yeah. Was no, that rude? No, Sorry. No, it's not. That's I, I think it's just an observation. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Sam Cassell's love child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're uh, yeah. Paul needs to to bone up on his uh, uh, NDA references because they're going to come fast and furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, Jamie Gertz was definitely a. Uh, so speaking of like the sexy part of vampires, uh, I thought it was really appropriate that at the first of the movie they spent like five minutes showing that the oiled up sax player on the stage. Uh, oh, I saw it. By the way, dude. that guy's name is Tim Capello. And he is huge. Yeah, he was he was a well built guy, but they definitely no, oiled that guy up. What I mean is huge is that guy is famous. I mean that guy plays sax for um, I forget her name Thunderdome. Big Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Really? Yeah. He, he toured with her for years and years, and I actually went to a site when I was uh, researching, doing some research for the show. And he's still going. He has a really crappy website. Sure. But let's put it this way: he looks normal. Yeah. On on like the landing page of it. Nothing like the greased up buff guy. Yeah. Which, which by the way That explains why they had to show like five minutes because then he's like, I'm not doing it unless I have like a five minute part <laughs> well, of me oiled up rubbing myself well, playing not the sacks. Wearing the lycra pants. Yeah. And and, and, and 
I mean, he was shaking those hips like he was trying to rip someone's head off. Corey Haim was drooling during that scene. <laughs> if you watch closely, drool comes right off the side of his mouth. He's looking up those pants. Well, and the funny thing is, I think he even got mad at Michael for looking at the girl when there was such a great spectacle right. up on stage. <laughs> now, anyway, but, but he looks totally normal on the, on the front side. You go in, and then you see a couple of pictures of him, and he's, like, wearing the same outfit that he wore in the, in the, in the movie. It's like, whoa, some old dude's wearing that. Nice. Not good. Nice. But anyway, you know what? By the way, that song, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to say about characters or anything like that? Well, I don't know. Just about the guy with the saxophone, I think we're, we're going to talk about some nudity in some of these movies, and I think that wins the, the best topless scene of the movie <laughs> yeah, because it, yeah. it was the only one. By the way, I am surprised that uh, he didn't have any razor burn or nicks. Because that guy was so hairless. Oh, he it was, was 25 seconds in, and that's just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was five and a half minutes in. Oh, uh, during man. <laughs> but uh, the soundtrack was awesome. I mean, we've already talked about... Um, I didn't like the little choir boy song. Oh, the, I didn't like that. Jer- oh, who, that was by... I can't remember, but I, I was trying to understand the words, and it kept saying, Thou shalt something. Like, and then it was, Thou shalt Gerard go Gerard McMahon. It was called Thou shalt go sister. forth. I just did. Well, well, that that's uh, to me. It seems less of like a like a uh, like a real song and more of a song that they put on for this movie. Because I mean, let's face it; these kids, these I mean, everyone in there basically is young, right? You know, and I mean that kind of applies. But I mean, if I, I I guess you know if you look at it from the trends, you know, kind of like what Paul was saying that that people are looking for. People are looking for uh, kind of the weird things when they move into a new culture. Yeah. I guess if you look at it through the kind of the deep eyes, then that that makes sense a little yeah. bit with with them everybody being young and they want to talk about innocence and yeah. young people. So and, the name of the movie Lost Boys, you know, maybe that, well, maybe and, that's and that's a reference to Peter Pan, you know, in those that oh, group yeah. of children that lived on in Never Neverland. Was it Never Neverland or just no? It's Neverland? just Neverland. It's not Metallica. Metallica screwed us yeah. with that one. Everyone thinks it's <laughs> it's Never Neverland now. Well, and, and the thing is, is this show was, was uh, kind of built to be like a hip, you know, stylish type of a, uh, you know, of a movie. And, obviously, and it was in the 80s. And, I, you know, if you go into there without, if you go into making a movie like that without having a pretty hip soundtrack, I, you know, I think that I don't, I don't think it's going to be as good. I don't, no, I I don't know if it would have failed, but because the, 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 like I was saying, the characters are good. Um well, definitely had you know we're talking about people that we know today, right? Exactly. So it had people that were good. Yeah, because Michael was in Speed Two Cruise Control. Yeah, Jason Patrick. And that was it. He, oh, was that it? No, I think he was. I swear in he's a, been on some TV. He was in shows a movie. Maybe, maybe he's been. He was in a movie called Sleepers. I think with uh, with um, Kevin Bacon and a bunch, you know, a bunch of. Guys. That's right. You know what? I just watched that show really? last week for the really? first time. Who's in that? Is Brad Pitt in that? Brad Pitt's in yeah. that. You've got Jason Patrick. You've got. Um, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's the bad guy. Right. Who else is in that? There's there's a couple of guys who are like, oh yeah, those guys. You know, I don't. I don't know why he hasn't had a bigger career. I mean, maybe because he's, you know, he's such a wussy vampire, man. That's may- why. Maybe, maybe. Okay. But let's put it this way, I <laughs> he fit the bill, especially yeah. for movies back then. I mean, right. He, he was kind of a heartthrob. Right. Ma- you know what? Maybe he has this whole other thing that he's been doing that I don't know about, and you know, I guess we we can't. Uh, Claim that he's successful or not successful by how many movies he's made and whatnot, but right. But I don't know. Right. We get into the story a little bit, um, 
And uh, like Sam was saying, the first half is just kind of, you know, building the story. You know, and I thought it was good. I didn't think it was... Slow. Yeah, it didn't lose me. It didn't yeah. lose me. I just, you know, if you're looking for gore and horror in a movie, this, this it doesn't get started until the last third of the movie. So, right. you know, what? basically, as soon as it hits an hour into it, yeah. then they start going into some of the horror stuff. Well, I was talking about vampires yeah. and killing. And before it gets into the to the scarier stuff, there was there was drama, there was comedy... A lot of comedy. I mean, this movie made me laugh on a few, oh, uh, yeah. a, a bunch of times. Right. Um, but when it does get into the gore, it doesn't uh, overdo it. I mean, right. they, it, they're practical effects, you know, not something that's going to be dated, you know. Right. For instance, uh, mentioning the, you know, David doesn't get scary until, you know, it, it, there's actually a scene where they go out to uh, to a bonfire where a bunch of uh, punks are there. Maybe they're the surf Nazis. Oh, that could be. I don't know. Anyway, mm. so uh, they go out there, and, and these and these punks are out uh, listening to uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith's version of Walk This Way, which didn't seem that bad to the bone to me. I mean, it, no. it, maybe it was. But I would have thought that they'd be listening to something maybe a little more hardcore. A little more gothic, but maybe that was pre-gothic. Or, yeah, or Nazi, Nazi music. Did they have that back then? I think that I was know. the bad boy music of the time. Maybe. They, maybe it was. Well, when you mix rap with classic rock, that's probably <laughs> as daring. I mean, that's some pretty serious, well, edgy stuff. Do you remember that video of that song? Oh, yeah, when they're kicking through the wall kicking and stuff? Kicking through the wall, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was, I mean, that was funny. Let's just say, yeah. hey, and by the way, Guitar Hero Aerosmith just came out, and they have that song on there, and it's it's one of the best. Is it the Run DMC the version? Run, well, they have both. They have oh. the Run DMC in the main part of the game, and then on the extra that you can buy, ah. you just have the Aerosmith walk this way. But you know what else is awesome, just on a side note? <laughs> yeah. Is that they have a Run DMC song. I'm just, I don't listen to Run DMC. Right. But my favorite song to play on there is a Run DMC song called King of Rock. Really? And just on a side note, that is an awesome song. Well, so, all right, well, okay. I'll have to go pick it up. For that, yes. <laughs> Except for we all play rock bands, so yeah. that dominates over. Yeah, that sucks. All right, I'm just teasing. Anyway. you got to realize that that time, Michael Jackson's bad. Oh, Around that time. You know what? That is a great point. If that's bad, <laughs> Run DMC is, is, is. That's edgy. Yeah. It's like NWA stuff back in the day. Oh, yeah. Further after, or, or much longer after. No, Aerosmith Run DMC. That started that whole movement. I'm telling you what. Oh, you know what? The only other one that I see was uh, Public Enemy and Anthrax. You know? Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's let's get back to the to the uh, bonfire scene. So, so, you know, they go out there. All of a sudden, you know, they, they have the crazy looking eyes. They have the. The extra ridges and the bone on their cheeks and their foreheads, you know, kind of, you know, Go maybe a little transformation. Well, we don't see the transformation though, which is, I think, is I was going to mention this. I don't think it's a bad thing that we don't see it. I agree because that may have dated the movie. I agree one hundred percent because it just ha- it was just it was there. Yeah, and it, if you look back at some of the the horror movies that, that happened in the mid eighties to the late eighties, early nineties, bef- right before the computer generated stuff. Yeah. You know, you can tell that those are completely fake. I mean, well, it dates it. Well, like yeah, and said. let's put it this way. Hellraiser came out the same year. One of my favorite movies of all time. There's a, a scene, however, when it looks like somebody got, like, a, like made a cartoon over uh, Pinhead. And, you know, just kind of, it was supposed to be electricity and whatnot, but it just looked like a cartoon. And I kind of like at the, and this is off the subject of, of horror movies, but like at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, when the guy drinks the cup and he turns into that yeah. cartoon, yeah. melty skeleton thing. Oh, yeah. I think that was like 91 or 89 or yeah. something. So, 
let's talk about the worst uh, CGI in a big budget movie of all time. So, well, to this point, is in the Mummy Returns. The whole the, with the score with where oh. the rock is a scorpion king. He comes right. out at the end. He's oh he's, my god! He's the got rock. like his torso, and then he's got like the, that is the worst. That yeah. ruined the whole movie for me. I mean, I didn't like that movie anyway because except for the guy who kept talking about how he got shot in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy's the uh, the balloon was unbelievable. I mean, the movie was stupid and it was corny. And my the wife third loved. one is now coming out. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Really excited to see that one. But, any, but back to the Lost Boys, you know, we don't actually see the transformation, but the result is good, you know, with the lighting and the eyes. And is it, it also, is it just me or from that point on, Is does David keep sticking his head out of a shadow? Yeah, he loves that. He <laughs> yeah. loves that move. He figures out, Keeper figures out that that is scary. He <laughs> well, figures it out. He's like, I'm going to be scary. And so at every opportunity, yeah. and I guarantee that that dude was doing that like in his trailer, in his dressing room. <laughs> is this scary? Boom. I guarantee he was doing that. He, he hired some. In between drinks, yeah, he yeah. was doing that. <laughs> like, I just, th- that was just, gr- I mean, when, when they finally come back out of there, they, you know, you see some gags where they're ripping off a skull, like a skull, you know, they're biting and they're chewing off. You know, kind of the tough type of vampire. No Anne Rice there. I mean, then once they come back and Michael's half freaking out because I guess he feels the bloodlust of, of the hunt or whatever, they come back and David delivers the best line of definitely of that movie, but possibly one of the best lines of all time. Do you guys, can you guys quote it? I don't know. Uh-uh. All right. I'm going to do my best David impression. So, now you know what we are. Now you know what you are. You never grow old, Michael. And you'll never die, but you must feed. <laughs> that was bad. That was good. That man. was bad. Yeah. I, I was looking around for Kiefer. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I remember back in the day that scared the crap out of me. You know, and this isn't that scary of a movie. No, it's really. not really. No. But but when that when he came out, well, not to mention when he first changed and he stuck his face for the first time out of a shadow, you know, and then goes and does all the stuff and come back to deliver that line, dominated. Well, and I think that this it goes back to the the timing of the movie. And with it being the Lost Boys, and you have such a young group in it, right? I, even though it got an R rating, yeah. you, it was kids that were younger than seventeen that were watching this show, and that's why it was so scary. And that's why when you talk to so many people today, right. whenever you say Lost well, Boys, oh, that was such a great show because it really it hit an emotional chord. I think just like what you're talking well, about. Well, and let, let's let's think about we're practically we're all practically the same age. Um, when I first saw that, I mean, I was twelve or thirteen. It came out when I was eleven. I didn't. I think I saw it for the first time on TV, actually, and it's you know, and it scared me. Obviously, we got it on video, picked it up on DVD when it came out. I actually got the two disc DVD, and I watched all the extras. Uh, you know, I love the movie, mm-hmm. and it's hard to look back now and say, well, would I love this movie if I saw it for the first time now? I think I would, but it doesn't hurt that there's all that history, you know, between me and this movie because I love it. You know. Right. Well, I enjoyed it. It was still a good movie to watch today and and enjoy. You can, you know, I mean, it's got an '80s vibe, and but you can get over that and, and realize that that's when it was filmed. But it was still uh, just the solid attributes of it were good. Well, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad I forgot that you you'd seen it, but you hadn't. You know, you, it didn't impress. You'd make an impression on you until well, hopefully it did now. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, and you asked me earlier, did it did it scare me? And I, and no, it didn't. But they didn't employ those 
things that kind of cheap tricks that well, they do in movies today where they like you know the whole thriller like the grudge da-na. do you remember the grudge where everything no, is no I didn't watch it yet oh <laughs> well that uh, I, but the I still, the ring, I'm still thinking about that it makes me pee my pants the grudge yeah that's a scary I remember watching show, it thinking that every scare in that movie was cheating because you'd just be sitting there watching all of a sudden <laughs> yeah but it was scary yeah. no, I, you know and I I I only we'll get into that another world. time. But. They build up to that, and, and yeah. they, they, even though you know like exactly what's going to happen, everything that's going to happen, they just build it up so much that you have to get scared. Right. Okay. Well, and the other thing is, or at least I have to get scared. Nineteen <laughs> years later, we're not going to be talking about the Grudge. No, we're n- we're not. We're definitely and, not. And so that, you know, it's a credit to Joel Schumacher for his filmmaking that, and he makes a lot of great movies, but it does make a lasting impression because of that first part where you start caring about every single character you know and and again i think that's why it's still big yeah is it we i like everyone in that show i, I mean I, I know i said i want to kick people in the balls i do not i, I rescind it i do not want to kick anyone in the balls in this movie maybe jamie I mean, gertz <laughs> maybe jamie gertz. you know and actually to, to be honest with you she she was the hardest one for me out of everyone but you know i what I can't explain what I would like her to have done differently. Take off her clothes. <laughs> that, well, yeah, right, exactly. But then, but then uh, that way, when Sam watches the the O Network with his wife, yeah, I'm wasting you for trying to get me on the two cores. That uh, you'll at least be able to remember that fondly. Yeah, I not fondlyly. Yeah, fondly, fondlingly. Anyway, well, I don't know. By today's standards, this movie is not even a rated R or anything. There was nothing. There were maybe some cussing. No, because there wasn't know. even language. No, there I was didn't. Some, I didn't hear there them was drop an a F-bomb. stake through the heart. Maybe right. that pushed it over the yeah, edge. Yeah, but we see that. No, on it, TV. On TV now, now like it yeah, was, that that would, it would definitely get a PG thirteen rating. I I would definitely. I'd feel confident going that they would do that. Yeah. I don't know if I would let my kids watch it. The now, grudge is with the grudge with people with their their uh, jaws ripped off and walking down the hallway right. and that kind of stuff in the ring with some twists. If that's PG thirteen, yeah. I guarantee that would get a PG thirteen rating. Well, and and the thing is, is a lot of PG thirteen horror that's coming out now is just all Hollywood glitz, all fluff. This was not. So this would have been you know the exception if it, if you know if it were to come out now. Let me let me tell you a funny story about uh, when I was, golly, the first time I told you the first time I watched it I was, I was uh, you know I saw it on TV, and uh, I, and one of the reasons that I think I really like this movie is because I'm over at a buddy's house, and we're watching it in the front room, and I don't know why but his grandma was staying over or something like that, anyhow we're you know we're you know we're into the movie I can't tell you exactly where we were, but his grandma walks in, and just like right as she walks into the area she. She looks at us and says something like, I can feel an evil presence coming from that movie. Or, or you know, or something similar like that. And I was just like, that is badass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and maybe that just, since it was just such a, <laughs> whoa, yeah, this is bad. You know, maybe maybe that helped a little bit, but I, I enjoyed the movie. So, uh, anything else to talk about that on that, uh, on this one? Uh, on uh, The Lost Boys? Yeah. Well, Mike, what I'd like to do is I okay. think that it's appropriate that, that we have a little section of what I like to call Who Else Said That. Okay. Now, what I like to do is take a couple of lines from movies, and you know that everybody likes to quote movie lines. Sure. You just do it all the time, like even TV shows. Like, 
nowadays you can say, oh, that's what she said. I mean, from the office. Uh-huh. So I, I picked a couple of lines here, and I wanted to find out who else who else would said that. Uh-huh. So if you remember right, there's a part when uh, they're going to go down and shove the stake through Marco's heart. Yeah. And right who before he Bill? goes down there. Yeah, Bill, Bill has a name. Bill. It's Marco. Um, Michael turns to Sam and says, if something happens down there, uh, I, I can't have or I don't have the strength to protect you. And so I was looking at who else said that, and it was Bill Clinton to Monica Lewinsky. Oh, uh, so, yeah, it was really weird. I didn't know. I, I didn't know he said that, but he did. Uh, another Are you line sure Ron Jeremy didn't say that to someone? Yeah. Any, any yeah, I given? Don't know. I haven't seen that, so I don't know. There was another line. My own brother, a GD shit sucking vampire. Yeah. Jeb Bush said that. Come on. And then uh, we got to keep it both party lines there. Sure. Uh, and then the last line that I saw that I was like, man, I can't believe that uh, somebody said that. You don't have to beat me, Michael. You just have to keep up. And that was actually uh, Roman Polanski talking to Michael Jackson. Oh, so <laughs> oh. You, you know what? <laughs> a little that, weird. That is to- that is funny and that is appropriate. However, Roman Polanski directed a couple of my very favorite movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, so it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to laugh. Okay, that's I, fine. I am going to hold my laughter. <laughs> that, that's fine. I, you know, you know, and the thing is, is never mind. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. so that'll be a little fun thing we do every once in a while. So, uh, so after having watched it, Paul, why don't why don't you just give us your view? What how, how would you would you uh, watch it again? Would you what, what do you think? Like I mentioned before, I'm not a big guy that watches movies over and over again. But it, but it is one of those that I, I would I would watch again. And and you said you wouldn't show it to your kids. I don't I don't know. Well, I'd watch it with my kids. Maybe, maybe my kids would have to get a little older. Maybe, yeah. maybe I would show it to the old. No, I would. I, I think because my <laughs> wife would kill me. Right. But my wife watches worse crap. So no. Oh dang, that's a, that's a trick. I think that Corey's is worse than that. Listen. <laughs> All right, enough of the Corey's. Corey's. It was. You know what? I was just doing research for the show. You All guys homework. should. That's fine. No. Oh, well, <laughs> now, I, you know what? And so I. I don't know. I don't think we're doing a rating system as far as like stars or anything well, like that. Well, if you if you feel comfortable doing that, that's fine. I just it's hard for me to do that and stay true to it, you know, over the long run. I because, agree because right. things change. It's a different it's a different era now, and so I so I guess the way you have to do it is would I recommend this for somebody who hasn't watched it before to watch it? Absolutely, thumbs up. Yes, I mm-hmm. would. Yes, without without yeah. any hesitation or mm-hmm. having to having to. Um, kind of hedge it a little bit i right. would you know just be yes you need to watch that show well you know and also as far as the ratings are concerned i could probably watch the same movie two different times and depending on the situation i would give it i would give it different ratings what do you mean meaning okay for instance uh, uh i saw the first the exorcist the uh what was it uh the exorcist i can't remember the first one that was that was of the prequels the one that came out to movie theaters, because there's actually two of them that, that came out. One, I think, went direct to video. But the one that went straight to video, the first time I saw it, I thought it was awesome. You know, and that's because I was you know, hungry for another Exorcist film. Uh, you know, I love the Exorcist movies. One, the first Exorcist dominated. I loved it. The second one, not so much. The third one, you know, it was okay. You know, they, they build this as the the one, you know, it came out probably four or five years ago, I don't remember. But they build it as the return of, the of, of you know, the classic Exorcist. And uh, I look forward to seeing it. And uh, so when I saw it, I went out to see it at the theaters. I thought it was totally scary. I bought the DVD when it came out, watched it. And I was like, nah. Yeah, it's oh, really? Okay. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, if you get a review right after I saw it the first time, you would have got, go see it. 
you know, if you got it the second time, and and maybe it was just because I'd seen it before and I knew it was coming. Maybe you know who. So it's it's hard to tell. That's kind of how I felt about it. Anyway, let's move on to the Lost. Lost is a different type of movie. It is there are no supernatural. There's nothing supernatural about it, except uh, actually nothing. There's nothing. No, no, there's not. Go, why, why don't you run down a, uh, a synopsis this, while I pull up my notes? This movie was very scary because it's stuff that you see in the news all the time. Right. And this is kind of the build-up to some of those news stories, and that's what I had in the back of my mind throughout this whole movie right. that had me on the edge of the couch watching it. Now, I had read the book as well. The movie goes pretty right. close to the book. The book's set in the 1960s. The, the movie's kind of androgynous that way. It doesn't really talk about... I don't know if androgynous is the I right don't think word. It's, That's not the right word. But, but it's, by the way, you need to return that book. Yes, I, I, uh, I need to get I'm that back to you. So scratch the androgynous. It's pretty... <laughs> Hazy. Well, well, let's put it this way. As to, it could, as to what the time frame the is. The book took place, what, in the 60s? In and the we, 60s, right after the Sharon Tate murder and the oh, Helter Skelter. Oh, you're right. It was, in fact, that in happened fact, that was a during of, that time. That was a big part of the book. Yes. Was the fact that he got off on thinking about yes. Sharon Tate, this hot lady, yes. was uh, murdered by Charles Manson. Who or, was, or, and Sharon or Tate, minions. by the way, is Roman Polanski's wife. Was Roman Polanski's was. and she was murdered in Roman Polanski's house. Right, and she was in another one of the other movies that I loved by Roman Polanski called The Fearless Vampire Killers, which we'll talk about. We could talk about later. Yeah, we'll need to do that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So so this and it doesn't really go into it. There is a mention of, of Sharon Tate and and the Helter Skelter murders, but it's towards the end. But so what happens is you got this guy that's an egomaniac named Ray Pye. And, in fact, at the very first shot of the movie, it talks about Ray Pye is a guy who crushed beer cans and put it in the bottom of his boots to make him look taller, so right. he walks weird. So, you know, there's I don't know how much we're going to go into as far as the movie, but it really was a scary movie to me just because I knew what was coming because I had read the book, and it was interesting to watch the characters develop knowing that this payoff at the end of this movie <laughs> was going to be absolutely horrifying if they stuck to the book right and 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 gruesome and graphic and and so that's what made it so scary for me was watching this guy who i mean it's a guy that you know all the time this is a guy you work with right like the crazy guy at work that you make fun of all the time well because he's well because ray pie is the type of i mean just like sam said he, you know he put the beer cans in there. he's a guy that it no it, that there's no way that he wants to be made fun of he is so insecure that he will, I mean, he will lash out at you if he feels like you've you've wronged him in some way. And, and there's a psychotic side to it. Uh, oh, I mean, by and, and you can tell. And one of the things I loved about the movie and how they kind of made the psychotic thing was every time before he did something that was a little psychotic, you heard the fly noise. Really? And, and I thought it was so appropriate because whenever you hear a fly by your ear, you swat out and you move. Yeah. And he was doing that throughout the whole movie, but you know he didn't think there was a fly. But the little fly noise just kind of it would it would make it so that emotionally I got irritated, right? Because I hate that noise of a fly because it bugs you. Right. But they would do it right before he did something freaky, so it made me hate him and his behavior even more. I mean, I thought it was I just thought it was very well done that way. So let's let's talk let's go into the story a little bit. Like we said, we don't want to spoil this one. But uh, you know, for Paul wasn't able to finish this one. Right. I I just uh, I just couldn't make it through it because <laughs> because it, he just I kept didn't have enough time. The first scene when the naked <laughs> yeah, girl I came was out watching of the those naked girls at the beginning over, over and over. <laughs> he, he saw that first scene where 
Well, where uh, well, what happens is the movie opens up. Ray Pie is walking to uh, an outhouse that's in the middle of uh, you know like a campground with a something. fantastic song, by the way, totally appropriate for oh, the pie, movie. Yeah, I was I was going to awesome. talk about that. The pie, it was a song about the Pied Piper. Yeah, but anyways, let's get into that in a minute. So uh, he walks over to this uh, the, this outhouse and out walks his butt naked Aaron Brown or Misty Monday. <laughs> Depending on the type of movie you you watch, that like if it's any if it's anything that people Misty might Monday, see. So you were doing some more homework. Well, well, no, no, I've seen movies with her in it. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said that because well, from what I'm about to say, if 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 it's kind of a highbrow movie, I'm not that highbrow either. But if it's a movie that she maybe thinks her mom's going to see or something, she goes by Aaron Brown. But she's got this collection of like softcore porn where she goes by Misty Monday, and you know. Wow, yeah, I mean, she's been in a hundred movies like that. But anyway, and that was her. Yeah, that was. Her. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, she's not that. She's okay. But anyway, so if, if she were to be completely white and put ceramic on her, she'd look like those old Roman Renaissance uh, statues. Because like it's the ones that she's a little you, chubby. Yeah, ones that you don't feel the blood flow going when you look at it. <laughs> You're right. But but it's still a naked chick. So. Well, okay. So anyway, the first scene is Ray. Ray uh, catches her walking out of the outhouse. She, uh, buck naked, and of course Ray. By the way, the guy who played Ray was named Mark Center. That guy was awesome. He was spot on, fantastic. He he was freaky yeah. how well he did this. And, and the funny thing is, we'll talk about this is that there wasn't a lot of shining stars a- acting wise. I mean, there was a few people who I recognized, but there was a few people who you knew didn't know how to act. But Mark Center really hit that role. But anyway, so he he finds this this woman out there, and you know it's it, it figures out that she's camping with a friend. Uh, turns out that for no other reason than the fact that uh, they he thinks that they're as he put lezzies, and <laughs> they're not going to procreate and have children. No one would miss them. He decides to, oh, and also because he's pissed that uh, they wear nice jeans and they're rich, and I think that had a little bit nice to do jeans with while they're camping. Unbelievable <laughs> to him, you know. And uh, so he he ends up just murdering them both fairly brutally. I mean, it was with a gun, so I mean, it wasn't like saw brutal, but I mean, it was it. Which, by the way, that scene where you know the the shot goes in and he knocks out the teeth of of uh, Aaron Brown, and I didn't and, get that either. And that was one thing that I didn't understand because it, like I said, it stayed true to the book. Yeah. And the same shots hit, and as re- as I was reading the book and watching the movie, I'm like, how could two shots, one to the head and then one to the shoulder, not drop you? Right. I didn't, I didn't understand that, but it's a twenty-two caliber, right? And it was from far away, exactly. So it was it was realistic once I once I kind of once you figured out he had a twenty-two, right? It was from far away, like okay, yeah, well that would hurt, but it's not until you get up close to that would actually kill somebody. So so the first t- shot was almost silenced. What was it? Uh, it was I, like I think it. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, they did so well. So it just far away hit, but I mean, you would hear a twenty-two. Crack, yeah, you because you heard you heard the. I think what they did is took out the shot so that the bullet hitting the tooth would be more shocking. And it was. You know, it scared me a little bit, you know. Because even though I'd seen it before and I've read the book, you know, when it hit there, even last night when I was watching it, it, it you know, kind of startled me. But uh, so anyway, there were the two girls. He kills Aaron Brown straight off. The other one gets away, uh, you know, struggles, gets away, and is rescued. Well, the story then picks off four years later when that girl actually died. She'd been in the hospital for four years. Uh, the second girl, whose name was Elise Hanlon, 
had died. And uh, so, I mean, that kind of brought up the case again, I, I think, to the to the small town's consci- consciousness, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and so, from there, uh, you know, we get to know Ray Pie a little bit better. And like Sam was saying at the beginning where, you know, they had that song, The Pied Piper, is very, it, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Because he had these, uh, uh, minions isn't a good word, but he had these followers where, where people who were they were more insecure than him, where he he was kind of a bully, you know. And I get I think he made those other two think that they needed him or something like that. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, he he absolutely played to people's weaknesses, and that's this is where you see the the brilliance of of his manipulation. Yeah, that he played like he, there's this girl named Jennifer uh, Jennifer Fitch, and she just loves Ray like nothing else. Right. And she wants to please him all the time mm-hmm. and do exactly what he wants. Well, this guy, he just uses her Cheats and then, on her, and then yeah. throws, throws her away, you know. And he's like that with everybody. He just doesn't, you know, he'll use everybody for anything. And his other friend, Tim, which is the, you know, the other guy, Tim likes Jennifer. Right. Um, and, and, and so he just uses them like crazy and he's very manipulative. And if he doesn't get his way, he, he goes into those psychotic rages a little right. bit. Right. And yeah, and, and that's, what I, that's what I mentioned where if something doesn't go his way, this guy is volatile. Well, anyway, so as, as the plot moves along, he ends up meeting this girl named Catherine who moved in from out of town, from San Francisco, and they tried to play her like she was a little more sophisticated, definitely more sophisticated than the people who lived in the small town. And, I mean, you could tell she, you know, she, just from her appearance and the way she moved, stuff like that, that she was not from that small town. And she, you know, I don't know. What did you, you guys think about her? Did you? I didn't get that far. You know, one thing that I did miss, and I hate going back and forth. I'm going to go back and forth to the book because I thought the book was so good. And the movie did it justice. Right. But one thing I missed in the movie that I liked in the book was the chase of Ray going after Catherine. Right. Kath. Because they didn't really, all of a sudden, Kath's introduced into this movie. Well, she, like, she pulls up in Ray's with, 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 with Jennifer and Tim are sitting there at a baseball diamond. And all of a sudden... Ray pulls up with Catherine in the truck. That's right, and so he already knew her. Where right. in the movie, that's not what happens. In the there's, book, there's that's a, not what happens. Or in the book, yeah. There's there's a cha- there's kind of like a he has to go after, and he is just enthralled with this girl. And you know, from the psychotic behavior at the beginning, where he just popped those girls, right. is what he called them, when he killed them. This guy's capable of anything, and so you're wondering what's going to happen. Is she's kind of playing hard to get? You're like, man, exactly. is, is he going to go off on her? I mean, what's is he is he going to be set off in some sort of rage? So the whole time you're on pins and needles and at the edge of your seat wondering, when is this guy going to freak out? Because it is going to happen at right. any time. And there's a couple of times during the movie where, like, when the cops come and bust him and stuff like right. that at the at the party mm-hmm. where he freaks out and you're like, is this it? Is this where the payoff's going to happen and this guy's going right. to just go off? Well, Jack Ketchum, who wrote the book, when it, when you when you read the the way he writes when you read his book, I mean he uses language and, and descriptions that make you that are kind of disgusting. It's offensive. But but then it but then you you don't skip it. You you know you it, you just kind of, you have to read it because it's like whoa. You well, know? I think he does that along, and the movie did more of it with that fly noise. Yeah, that it, it, it not only annoys you, but it, it puts you off. You're just like, this is disgusting. Right. But you have to read it because you're like, 
like I said, it's it's the same reason you watch the news right. at night when when the story comes on of some violent act that goes on back in another state, back right. east that's not close to home. <laughs> back east, yeah, you can't. That's where all the, well, all I'm the just saying, like down. when it well when it, no, when it when it's close to home, it's a little more sensitive. Right. But when it's a train wreck going on somewhere that's that's outside of you, you have to watch it. Right. So you know, I think it was it was very good in the way that that you just you're offended, you're you're, you're disgusted by it, and and Jack Catchem does a great great job of using the language yeah. to put you off so that you're still reading but you're like this is absolutely disgusting and you have that disdain for it but yeah. they do the same thing in the movie with some of the other the later scenes right. w- which go on you're just like are you kidding me this is disgusting but you still have to watch it you still have to watch it because it's the train wreck right exactly you know what I I didn't think about it that way but that's a great way to, to put it uh, especially later on in some of the more disgusting uh, sexual encounters. Yeah, there's 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 sex montages that yeah. are just brutal. Which, by the way, there, there's one extra funny one where there's I, I you know how there's the there's the other lady that works at Ray Pie's. Uh, oh yeah, where it's like all this metal, you know. That's and, right. And then all of a sudden it goes to Jennifer when he's you know cuts to when Jennifer. Yeah, because he's going it's going back and forth yeah, between the two and girls. The, but and the music changes. You know, through you know, depending on who we're looking at at that moment. Well, there's a that map. was there's, funny. There's, that just made me yeah. laugh. That was funny. Well, but it shows a twisted. There's yeah, two oh, exactly. sides to him. But there's also you know masturbation montage in there that you're just like, what is going on? It it all plays to that. This is disgusting type thing. <laughs> Sam was wondering why the masturbation montage did not take place in the masturbatorium. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> all right, all right. That's a fantasy place that. Uh, Anyway, we won't, yeah, we won't get we'll into We'll leave that. it at that. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, as we go into the movie, you know, uh, four years later, Charlie Schilling, who is a detective in the local police department, he, you know, starts... He, these guys know Ray did it, but they can't pin it on him. Uh, the, st- the story kind of goes where Charles Schilling tries to, you know, talk to, talk to Ray, talk to his friends, try to figure out how to solve this case. And... Um, you know, I I don't I can't remember the name of the guy who played that, but he I mean he was he did a good job. I, th- I mean he was believable. Uh, you know, and, but but the thing is, is the thing I liked about this movie is those two seemed uh, you know seemed to be the the main the the ones that needed to to come through the most for the movie to make it. What do you what do you guys think? What do you mean by that? Meaning, Which two? Meaning Ray Pye mm-hmm. and Charles Schilling needed to rise above the rest of the the rest of the characters. Because here's the deal. I mean, it, it, tell me what you think. I didn't think the acting by every actor was was that great. I mean, there was a few parts, like for instance, um, Ray pulls up to a to a uh, like a drive-in where then there's a waitress there. The the waitress didn't know how to act, and but just the way that Ray interacted with her made it not not so intolerable. Yeah, he did a great job in it, and I think that um, I, I agree with you to a point. I think that Schilling, um, I don't know how much it was necessary for him to, to act. You needed you needed a, the opposite force. Well, and that's what I'm thinking. The, you need, the, you the protagonist ha- yeah. versus the antagonist. Yeah, you needed that, and, and you need that. You need that uh, dynamic there. And I think if Charles Schilling or Ray Pye would, if Ray Pye was bad, this movie would have been crap. Yes, but if Charles Schilling would have been crap. Or you know, I, I I think that it would have affected the movie as well. Maybe not as bad as if uh, definitely not as bad as if Ray, the guy who played Ray, was bad. But I still think that you need to believe in 
in Charles Schilling. You know, and, and basically that's the, that that's that's the crux of the you know the most of the middle part of the film. Right. You know, kind of the you know we're getting to know you know the characters a little bit more. Cat, what what'd you think of Catherine as far as her acting ability? I'll tell you what, there is one part in the movie that it was absolutely laughable. Yeah. And it was hers. It was the if you and when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She gets a phone call and gets up to answer the phone, mm-hmm. and it is the absolute worst acting I've ever seen. In my oh, life. the crying one where her yeah. Dad... Well, she answers the phone. She has no idea. She she just knows it's three o'clock in the morning and that it's going to be something bad. And then and then instantly she Instant, starts she's crying. crying. She says, "Hello, <laughs> yeah. I did love her." Yeah. And she gets this bad news. She's like, "What are you? You know?" And that's what I'm talking about. It's that kind. Of, it's those kind of moments because she was supposed to come in and be this eloquent. Uh, sophisticated, and I didn't buy it from her. Me I really either. did not. I mean, it was nice. She, I mean, she was probably one of the best looking of the girls in there. So she had a little bit of, you know, she she stood out compared to the Jennifer Fitch, uh, you know, character. You know, some of the others, but she really, you know, she really didn't. She got obnoxious. Yeah, she did. I mean, it was like she was high the whole well, time, like she was on something. And, and you know what, she. I, I didn't like her in the movie at all, and I I really liked her character in the book. I did which too. Sad, which was sad to me. I did too because in, she was very sophisticated in the book. She was very deep in the book, and with Ray having to chase her, and that's what I said. What um, I missed because she was very mysterious when he's trying to chase her, and then you know you find out some things about her her past life and where she was before um, that that really kind of helped develop her too. I just I felt like that was lost in the movie. I was surprised this movie was two hours long. Yeah, it was. It was actually very. Maybe they just maybe they made a commitment to to follow the book closely. Well, they, but, they, 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 but they had to cut some stuff out, exactly. so they cut out the chase of. Well, and and here's the deal: the movie's two hours long. They they you know they make it you know uh, as close to an exact representation of the book. It's going to be three. You know, nobody's going to watch this movie if it's three hours. That's long. right. Nobody's going. That's to. right. And that's the part that had to go. And you know what? If that's the part that had to go to keep it two hours. You know, they did well, pretty plus, good. Plus, since it wasn't that big a deal, since Catherine in it didn't really interest me at all anyhow. Right. And she ended up going with Ray. Right. So it, it just, I mean, you may as well just get to that point right. and add some of the, the later parts of, of their relationship into it. I was disappointed in that. Cause, but, but, but you know what? Like I said, Ray, pulled, Ray made up for it. I'll tell you what. Yeah. When you say disappointing, yeah, the acting is disappointing. But I'll tell you what. The payoff at the end and we're not going to go into the, I'm not going to spoil what goes right. on, but I'll tell you what, if it, it definitely lived up, if you if if you are a horror film right. buff and you if you like that type of thing, um, it, it definitely pays off. Oh, it's yeah. a plus payoff at the end. I, I'm going to tell you what. What happens is is you know Ray finally all 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 this crap starts happening. So are Ray, we going to go into it? Well, no, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm going to tell the the listeners about what part in the movie. It's about you're about to get because we could just say spoiler alert and <laughs> no. go into it. Well, no, well, maybe, but let well, let's do this. So, so a couple of bad things happen, and so Ray is kind of feeling a little bit vulnerable. I think so. He gives a a ring to Jennifer, which for Ray that's that's big because you know I mean even though he wasn't going to you know really stay faithful or anything, he never wanted to give her the satisfaction. But it's not that big of a deal because in the book. You find out, and Tim was the one that spilled the beans uh-huh. in the book to Jennifer. The Ray bought a whole bunch of those oh, on sale. Really? He bought a whole bunch of those fake rings on sale. Well, and it showed him to, it, to in the movie. It showed yeah, it that he, had like he pulled it out like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, but but still, here's the deal. Here's this guy who you know who's had Jennifer worship him, and he treats like crap. 
But finally, he breaks down and gives her a token. Regardless of how meaningful that token is, I was thinking, you know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he he's giving a little, at least is, in Jennifer's eyes. But this is right after the scene of him going back and forth. He's he's having it with the waitress, right? And having it with Jennifer. So to me. I just looked at it as kind of like, a, they're, okay, it's another tool of him trying to manipulate somebody yeah, right. where he's got all this stuff going on, but he wants to make absolutely sure that Jennifer is his number one, still loving him and wanting every minute of Because I think it well, and you know, and he maybe felt that's... vulnerable because of Kath. She had left at this uh-huh, point to right. go back with her family, and, and so he felt a little vulnerable. He wanted to make sure he still had cronies. Right. He didn't. He didn't. I don't think he genuinely cared for Jennifer at all. No. But he wanted to make sure that she still worshipped the ground he walked on. Right. So he was going to pull one over on her and give her this fake ring, and then tell her it was a diamond, so yeah. she believed it. Which it ends up not being a diamond. And uh, for those listening, the crap starts hitting the fan when Jennifer figures out that it's not a diamond, drives to the motel parking lot, honks the horn, starts screaming, and Ray Pie almost hits her out of anger. But his mom comes out and, and catches him before she, before he gets to hit her. But from that point on, the movie, it just... It's, it's about 20 minutes after that, and I'll tell you what. What is it? It's, it's the most disturbing ending. And, and like I said, the reason why this is disturbing is because with other horror movies and things that you watch, you know that it's fake. Right. I don't have to worry about vampires coming into my house. Are you tonight. sure? I'm positive. But <laughs> okay. I have to worry about people like Ray Pye oh, yeah. entering my life. Right. And doing the things that he does to these people, and and no one no one is safe at this point in, no. in the movie, and that's it was so terrifying to me. I, I'm telling you, I was watching it, and I I found myself after this 20 minute marathon that was exhausting of what's going on. Right. My mouth was open for the whole 20 minutes. Really? I mean, I was in shock out to, as to what was going on, and there was nothing held back. If you the worst things you can imagine happening to people yeah. happen at this point. You know, the most disturbing thing about this movie is is. Uh, to me, at least, is okay. So let's say, for instance, I'm on a trip or something, and I and I, you know, stop along the way. I see this guy Ray Pie. I look at him. You know, he's he's obviously, you know, kind of a puss. He's a good looking guy. Well, well, well yeah. He but, drives a huge truck. Yeah, but but the thing is, is is you know, he he slicks his hair back. He wears eye makeup. You yeah. know, he he does all these things to try to make him, you know, look. You know, I would look at him and think, yeah, I I just want to. You know, kick him in the exactly. balls. I, I want to kick him yes, in the balls. Yes. Well, and the thing is, and to think that a guy like that, who to me just would just seem so, you know, just so pathetic, could could have those cronies in in that small town and could do and could be capable of that. That's what's creepy. To that's me. what I'm telling you. And because, because you think about the situations that we've had with right. like a Columbine, yeah, or, or the postal workers, or people that walk into places and just start shooting and killing right. people. Mm-hmm. You know, from a distance, we're watching because of the train wreck factor, but we're not close enough to it to be horrified necessarily. Right. But to see it on screen actually unfold and the freakouts that this guy has, right? Like I said, that they're a credit to this actor, and I can't remember what his name is. Mark Center, which he's. He's in nothing else that I've ever seen. He, he was fantastic he because was. it was completely believable. Some of the things he said were, were were horrifying, but you can see the transformation to him go completely psychotic. And 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 when he's going back and forth between these these people and talking, it is completely believable that somebody would be that psychotic and say right. those things. It wasn't it wasn't fabricated lines. It wasn't things that that are just crazy that that. that Somebody wrote in Hollywood. Right. This is stuff that would actually happen in a situation like that, and that's why this is so terrifying. Yeah, it is. I don't know if you guys heard. Just I was listening to news on the way over here. There's 20 miles away in Ogden, 
a guy confessed to killing two prostitutes. Really? To I did murdering two prostitutes. There's prostitutes in Ogden? <laughs> uh, well, we might have driven down to Salt two. Lake. <laughs> but, but uh, and, and, and the news, they said that he had admitted to thinking about being a serial killer. Like, like that's a profession or something. <laughs> Just, like, I'm going to be a serial you know killer, By the I way, think, the you know. HR of that department for <laughs> serial killers has got their work cut out for them because... Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no one to confess. Right. Well, so, so what happened? Did he just... Uh, did he feel bad about it and say, well, I want He found to one of the bodies. Uh-huh. Actually, the second one. He got in a fight with his girlfriend and was solicited by a prostitute. Took her back. She took him back really? to an apartment, a, an empty apartment on Adams Avenue, some third floor building, and he mm-hmm. pulled out a forty-four. Really? And killed, shot her, and she died. Wow. Well, then he went and got picked up another prostitute, ended up killing her because I guess he thought he was going to be a serial killer. And that's the body they found was that second one. And then really? when they brought him in as a suspect, and he admitted to oh, the other okay. one, led him to the to the body that was actually the first one. But yeah, I mean that that kind of that kind of brutal stuff happens. But yeah, this, this right just next door. Today or yesterday? Yeah. Or? Well, he shot him yesterday, I think, but. They've, I don't oh, know what that recently, but yeah, it, it hit the news yesterday. Really? So well, there anyways, you go. I mean, that's it, it happens. I'm sure everybody listening to this, the the tens of people that are listening to this right now, <laughs> the, yeah, the tenth <laughs> have, of a people yeah, have uh, have all heard of of stories that that is that are just horrifying like this. And uh, you know, credit to this is uh, I didn't even know this movie had come you out. Know, Did this go straight to DVD? Uh, actually, it came out in 2005. It played a bunch of. Um, like festivals, I think it, you know, like Sundance and the like. And then I think it got released in New York and, and uh, L.A. But that's it. It never had a wide nationwide release. Well, and, and the thing is, is I mean, it makes sense to me why it wouldn't. I mean, it wasn't the big. It, it wasn't glossy. It wasn't. No. You know, it was. It was there to be real. I mean, it was and, raw. And even I mean, even you watch like the Saw films, you can tell there's a little bit of glitz. You know, there's a little bit of uh, Hollywood in that. You know, even even though the whole movie's about gore and and, and the like, but no, this one was just you know they all the uh, I mentioned this uh, before the show that uh, it had a lot of nudity, but none of <laughs> very little of the nudity would have was uh, not graceful by, <laughs> by hot chicks. No, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't graceful. There again, it plays to that just kind of offensive, kind of puts you well, off. Well, yeah, it's I mean, like you turn your head, and you're watching it with one eye. But let's put it this way: there's going to be. In small towns, there are not a lot. I mean, of you know, I've, I've I've been in small towns where, you know, the the girl there that it was everybody was after was not you know that attractive or didn't have anything going on for her except for she was the number one girl in this small town, you know. And I I've seen that a couple of times, but uh, um. It was just so real in this movie. So I mean, that, and that's the bottom line. I, I think that that's what else can you say about this? Just that it, you know, it, it was a, it was a good show if you're in the mood for kind of a. It's not easy to watch. A real life. Yeah, I don't um, know if I'm going to check it out. A real no, life. No, you should check it, it out. <laughs> a real <laughs> life kind of ser- not a serial killer, but if you, if you want to if you want to see the workings of a psych- of a psychosis or a psychotic person and kind of the things that set them off. Something realistic like that. This is definitely a good movie to do. Well, that. in this book, I read led me to buy a couple others by him, and uh, one of which being the girl next door. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Whoa, that is worse than this. Is it really? It's wor- It's worse than the lot. Doesn't it have the girl from Twenty Four? I don't know. I've never seen Twenty Four. Oh, you haven't. It's got Alicia Cuthbert. No, it's 
That's that. There's a movie called The Girl Next Door with her in it. But this is a different girl next door. Oh, okay, I was it's thinking. I thought that was supposed to be girl a funny next door. Show. Or what's that? No, the there, there's a the book girl? and a movie. So they made a movie of it. Oh, you can uh, get it from your local uh, blockbuster. Okay, or, I'll have to check <laughs> that out. I'll have to check that out. Um, so anyway, any? Uh, I know you didn't get to see it, but uh, Paul, we think you. I think you, maybe you should check it out. Uh, I don't well, know if well, I no, could no, stomach let's, it. Let's make. The, let's do this though, Paul. Let's let's not have you watch that one, and let's make sure you got both movies or, or right. however many movies we choose <laughs> I'll to get you up on the next episode. movies. Yeah, yeah. If you're horrified by stuff, don't watch it. But there are some funny things that come out. I, of this. I think there there's a lot of funny parts. I mean, Ray is funny. Ray is funny. He's he's a charismatic dude, and there's some funny stuff in there. And and so there's actually a couple, there's a couple of lines of who said that from this movie. Oh, let's hear him. So, um, oh, actually, one other thing to keep in mind: there is a junk alert on this movie. Um, there's junk coming at you. There is a scene where you see Ray's junk. Oh, it's brief, it? it's quick, but it's when he's trashing the house and they talked about peeing I on it. Saw it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it flashed, and I had it. I rewound it just to make sure. I'm like, yeah, it's a junk alert. So we'll give you a junk alert. Don't. Well, it, well it's and the there. funny thing that is, if I remember it. correctly, that the junk alert starts. That seals it. You're gonna watch it. <laughs> that seals it. I'm not gonna watch. Falls <laughs> in. There's a junk alert. <laughs> anyway, so but that that scene, it's like totally zoomed in right on his balls. It is. And then, and I paused it. It. it is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's definitely not a prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember thinking that oh, that's okay. That kind of junk alert is okay because uh, doesn't give anybody any uh, unrealistic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but uh, no, there, there was. Uh, let's see. There, there was. Uh, you know what? I hope. I hope oh, that um, if Mark Center ever <laughs> listens to this, he, we we gave him a rave review on the acting, but he probably been, wasn't his junk. Well, it, uh, may, it, it may it or may not have been. But let's say it was. Body devil. He's going to want to come and kick us in our junk. Yeah, that's well, right. <laughs> But anyhow, let, let's get back to the who All said right, that. So let's see here. Oh, one other little note in here. Crab Man for My Name is Earl was he in there. Was in. He was the drunk. And he was, was the anti Crab Man. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> his lines were something like, like, he had one line that was like, why do you walk so effing funny? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, oh, he was, it was funny. I'm I don't like, like to talk hey, about it. Hey, it's Crab Man. Exactly. That, that was funny. Okay, so let's see. Actually, there was a line from this movie that, that I, when I looked it up, there were two people that said it. Huh. The, the line is. My dick's gonna have to take its chances. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when I looked this up, um, the first person that said this was Alex Rodriguez when asked about his relationship with Madonna. <laughs> that was the first. That was the first. Uh, that was the first person that said it. The second, interestingly enough, is when I when I went ahead and googled this, it was Michelle Obama talking about her husband's chances <laughs> for the presidency. <laughs> So that, that's uh, just a couple of interesting notes on who said that uh, my, my dick's going to have to take its chances. All right. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was good. One other little note. Uh, it was funny because I almost started laughing at the first. Sally's dad in there was like the walrus dude. He's in all sorts of different commercials and things you see him. He looks like a walrus. So check that out. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other interesting notes uh, that I had down there. I, th- I think that's about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we are about an hour and a half into it so far. We'll probably we'll probably edit out, you know, ten minutes. I think so we ought to add out some of the Corey's talk. You know what? <laughs> Listen, that, we talked a lot about that. That, <laughs> that was my fault. I kept referencing. You know what? I'm going to leave all that in. No, <laughs> because when you listen to this, you're going to remember what the lengths I had to go to to research for this show. 
and how you mocked me for it. So are we editing this part right now? No, this is day two. <laughs> oh. but I was just going to say, I think it started out a little rough because we didn't know what we were doing, but it got in, we, once we got into it, I think it went pretty well. Well, because here's the deal. We, got, we have um, something that we all like to talk about. Some of us would like to watch part of the movies, but... Yeah, you know, it, it works out better when you actually like have something to say because you watch, did your homework, watch the movies. Yeah, well, at least... at least I'll get better at that. <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> but, uh, so, we we talked about doing some other segments, uh, you know, moving on. And one one of the segments was, and, and, you know, maybe if... Uh, let's uh, throw out our email addresses here because... Um, well, first of all, you can go to the website at cadaverlab.com, C-A-D-A-V-E-R-L-A-B.com. It's all one word. And there is a contact us link, and you can go ahead and send in anything there or send us any kind of message you have. Or you can you can send emails to Mike, Paul, or Sam at cadaverlab.com, and uh, we'll get those emails. Uh, so if you have any ideas for um, uh, show, you know, segment ideas, things like that, let us know because, uh, you know, we're, we're new at this. We, you know, we're having a lot of fun, and but, uh, you know, we could, I'm sure that you guys, there's a lot of stuff that you would want to hear. Um, it's just one last thing about the, the website. We're going to start doing um, like trivia contests, stuff like that, where you go to the site, cadaverlab.com, uh, go to trivia. The first person to answer all the trivia questions uh, will get you something nice, maybe. You know, especially <laughs> after maybe if you use that donate button. Yeah, donate <laughs> and then we'll get you something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll take a buck. I will. We're cheap. No, you're Actually, not. Actually, I'd say ten dollars a minimum. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now we just hope people listen and kind of enjoy uh, enjoy what we do. But also, you know, any like Mike said, any any ideas that you have for segments or any ideas for movies, or if there's a great movie out there that maybe you think we haven't seen, chances are Mike has seen it. Yeah. But uh, we, you know, would be happy to take suggestions for reviews. One of the ideas that I was thinking about for a segment on the show was the non-movie horror segment some about that because i mean we've uh sam and i have ha- have a long history uh and we've been through some fun experiences all the, legal uh, mostly legal all and any, what, what are we any, talking about also here? anything that wasn't legal not saying there was but if if there was anything that was illegal it was uh expunged from our records when we turned 18 or it was shane edwards idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully shane uh, will Subscribe to the podcast and and hear the the shout out we just gave to him. We have a, we you know we've been going an hour and a half. Do we, should we do that now or do you want to save it? Uh, we can do it now. Let's I think another it. segment ought to be we ought to have we ought to play like deaths from really bad movies oh. and have people guess how that person died. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do at the end of this episode. I will put I will edit in a death scene from you know and we'll maybe give you a one or two minute and the first person to email us or you know contact us uh with who knows that we will throw a small prize why don't just uh about the website use the forums get on the forums and stuff yeah. and and mike will post the thing there and the first reply it to the forum oh that's a great idea we'll get the we'll get the reward for that, being first that's a great idea uh you know what i just thought of as uh, being a great uh prize is you see all those vcr tapes over there those videos Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to have a VCR tape blowout. <laughs> so, Very nice. So let us know if uh, if you have a VCR. Story. You know what you ought to do, too, is we can put them up on the website, and if people want to bid on them, 
or just, you know, just put what you have on there, maybe. Uh, well, I only want to get rid of the videos. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So if you put it, whatever you're going to give away, because there may be some collectors out there who are looking for certain things. And, uh, and then it probably be wouldn't be wise to tell them that I bought most of these videos at a video express, which I don't even think exists anymore, when it was going out of business and they were all a buck apiece. Yeah, I probably don't want to tell people that. No, because there may be some people, just like you were talking about the uh, Puppet Master oh, yeah. paraphernalia, yeah. going for, like, psycho money. Yeah. You just never know. There may be some people that want some of those videos That's on true. there. That could be. Great prizes. items. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> All of them, great prizes. Hey, and, and also, if you have any ideas for uh, lines in movies of who else said that, please send it to Sam at Cadaver <laughs> Well, listen, and here's another thing. If you guys will want to, to have a little uh, time on the podcast, send us an MP3. Of uh, you know what you whatever you want, and we'll play it. You know we'll uh, we want to get the audience involved because we first of all want an audience, and uh, you know second of all it'll be fun. Let's hear a little non horror movie trivia or non horror trivia. Non movie non movie horror. Oh, I said it out of order. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I was watching the Sci Fi Network. You know, I've been watching you know all all sorts of stupid horror movies go on there, and and. Uh, I saw a trailer for Scare Tactics. Have you guys? You guys have seen that. Have, have you guys? What is that on? Because I it's not on demand. I think it's on Wednesday Wednesday nights. Okay, I'm I gonna have to look. It and was TiVo last it. week anyway. I'm gonna have to TiVo. And it. apparently, this has been going on for many seasons. And but this is the first time I have ever heard of it. Tracy Morgan is the host. I guess Billy Baldwin and uh, Shannon Doherty. Shannon That's Doherty. when I used to watch it. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, so I I never heard of it. I go in and I watch it. Um, let me, there, there were a lot of funny, uh, sketches in here. I guess they're not sketches. I guess they're just bits. Setups. Setups. But one of the funniest ones, and let me, let me try to uh, explain it or describe it a little bit was, um, the, and this was my favorite. There was a guy who, uh, you know, kind of a skinny, you know, normal looking dude in Minnesota went to, uh, I guess he applied for a job somehow, or, or I don't know how it worked, but somebody set him up to go get this, this job. And, you know, it's kind of a manual labor type job uh, on a farm. And what happened was is uh, he goes there, he's meeting the guys. You know, there's, there's two guys there, and, they're, you know, they're pretty nice, just telling him what to do. And, and uh, one of the things they have to do is put all this stuff through a wood chipper. And uh, so, you know, they're kind of talking, kind of small talk and whatnot. Well, this the guy who's getting set up goes to take a look at, at uh, you know what's already been chipped, and he finds kind of some guts in there, but he doesn't know it's guts. You know, he, you know, it just kind of looks like a little bit of meat, you know, whatever. And so he's just, well, you know, what is, you know, what is this, whatever. Anyhow, so uh, uh, in in storms this big mean looking guy, and uh, was I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, "What are you guys doing here? You're not supposed to use the wood chipper." Blah 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 blah. Whatever, but uh, you know, so he takes off, and the other two guys, plus the guys getting set up, are talking, and they're like, "Sorry, you had to see that." He's kind of a grump, whatever. Anyhow, so it turns out that uh, that the guy that's getting set up ends up by where the wood, the, the the output of the wood chipper, and all of a sudden they see a bunch of guts go through, and screaming, you know. So they go tearing around, and uh, they they. They come upon a situation where it looked like the big guy that came in and scared him had just pushed one of the workers into the wood chipper. Off, you know, this guy that's getting set up gets freaked out. He's you can tell he's breathing hard. He's and, and the guy who the mean guy's like, uh oh, 
you guys didn't see that, did you? You know, and the guy's using the funniest, funniest lines. He's, you know, he's saying st- he, he's just not making sense. He, he's just like, uh, he, like one thing he says is, uh, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, no, I didn't see anything. Uh, you know, I, I just came from my house. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and he starts apologizing for no, you know, and he just doesn't make sense, anyways. Uh, you know, they they kind of uh, they they play on that a little bit, and then they, uh, you know, they tell him he's on uh, scare tactics, and the dude jumps around, he's freaking out, he's pissed. Well, he's not. He he thought it was. I, I he he said that was a good one, but you could tell this guy was about. But anyway, check that show out. It that is, is so awesome. funny. That I can't believe that's great. still on because I used to watch it probably four years ago. Really? really, I thought it went off the air because somebody actually sued them because of one of the bits they did. I still I know which one it was. Well, one was they still it? Well, there was these girls, and they were driving around in the desert, and um, and they they saw some people up ahead, and they stopped to find out what was going on because like it looked like somebody got run over in the middle of the road, but the person got up and ran away. I think this is the the right one. Uh-huh. Anyway, so the two friends who knew about it decided, and they had one friend that didn't and then one friend that did that were in the back seat. The two people went out to go check it out, and all of a sudden, these like vampire-looking people come back and like slam an arm, a bloody <laughs> arm onto the window. And so they just start hacking away with chainsaws and all this kind of stuff. The reactions these people are And, and this, this girl, seriously, she looked like she, I think she actually wet her pants. Like she was really scared. <laughs> As to what happened, and so somebody had told me that that's the episode that well, you, you would, she had it, sued them because she didn't agree to have it done to her. And it, it, well, like, doesn't she emotional, have to sign some kind of a release or something? Emotional stress and trauma ah. and stuff like that. I think they sign uh, it after. Because well, right. I mean, how do you know Sued before when they're just driving no, no, around? No, absolutely. But I would assume that it happened. She signed it, and then she sued him. I think she did. I think she signed him for because uh, I mean, like yeah, I said, they double aired dipping. It. I think yeah. she <laughs> emotional distress. Who knows? I mean, there were a couple on there that if that if that stuff would have happened to me. I mean, I, I would have probably had to go see the therapist for a while. I mean, there's I, some scary stuff I on I told there. my wife, I, I said, you know what? If there's ever an opportunity for me to be on that show, do it. Really? <laughs> I, mean, I said, do it. I would be, but the problem is you go kick somebody's A. No. It, <laughs> I, you know, some of these are, like, some of them are so wild that you wouldn't know what to do. Like, they're, you know, just a real, just a quick description of one. There was this, a new girl that's got a job answering phones at, like, this Instacare clinic, and... This they this this uh, expecting mother comes in five months pregnant going to have this baby and there's this freaky priest there and, the, and you know it there's kind of a whole uh, cult vibe going on and then she's in there she's holding the the expectant mother's hand and all of a sudden this midget or little person or comes jumping out from underneath the blanket and it's all red and it has horns on and just freaking out cause, you know squealing and. <laughs> well, so it was, it was like a really little person, like a little bit of like, Vern Troyer. Like t- maybe Vern Troyer. Side. I mean, he wasn't. They've was, used that guy before. In fact, I was going to tell you that like one of the first seasons uh-huh. that this this guy was working in like a, an animal testing center. Was he a rat or something? Yeah, he, he had like Is, a tail. Because I saw that Did one you on see YouTube. It? Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, the guy saw him like out of the corner of his eye, run behind a wall or out of a door <laughs> yeah. in a wall or something. It, it, was, it, it scared it was me because exactly I'm like, how did, I can't believe there's somebody that small. Yeah, it, it, it was that guy. Okay. And so he comes jumping out, and it was hilarious. I mean, and it's funny because uh, the reaction of these people are just priceless. But that is I, definitely I, something I can to check see out. how that can, how that can um, warrant a loss or, or you know, create a You know what the funny thing yeah. is, is? People are going to listen to this and then try and sick them on you. They're going to call up scare tactics and get you. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Well, do it because it would be totally funny. Well, it sounds like the scare tactics is a lot like a a movie clip. Well, it was like you know those promos for shows that might work on TV and yeah. stuff. I saw a while back, and uh, these two dudes would just run around the city and just run up to people and just scare the cra- crap out of them. <laughs> just ru- <laughs> and they <laughs> dudes would be like, "What? Why are you scaring me? That's that's not even cool. Why? <laughs> these are elaborate. <laughs> right? Plans. It sounds like it they took it to the next level. Yeah, it, it's funny. Anyways, check it out. I'm going to make a note to myself to edit right here for the kill scene. Jesus Christ! And then uh, email Kill us. What, scene. Me, remember, we're going to play a, a death scene. You know, oh. And then email us what it is. We'll get you a prize. Oh, that's right. That was my idea. idea. Yeah, that was your idea. I, I should remember that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, is there anything else that uh, we want to talk about for this one? No. Do we have a preview of what we want to show next week? We do not. Okay. I have. We, uh, we're, we're to <laughs> we'll the point. We'll post it we're, online. We're glad that we got this one done. And uh, it's been fun. I guess we will uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See we'll ya. see you.